Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions, and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow. This is a new podcast series sponsored by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at Ohio State University. The series is going to focus on manufacturing innovation. I'm Marty Kress. I'll be your host. And today we are speaking with Jeff Garlock. Jeff is the Associate Chief Engineer with Honda North America, one of the most innovative automotive manufacturers in the world. Prior to this position, he was the department manager at Honda. Knowing Jeff well, I can tell you, besides being one of the best guys in the region, he has a great handle on technical innovation and the role of research universities. Jeff, welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow. Thanks very much, Marty. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Jeff, tell us a little about Honda, how long they've been in the state, some of the key features that makes Ohio appealing to Honda, and there's rumor about new plants. So if you're able to chat about that a little floor's yours. Yeah, there's always speculation about uh, <laughs> expansion in, in plants, but really our history goes back to, uh, to 1979 when we came to Ohio, and um, at that time, so we have now 35 years of experience here in Ohio, and um, Honda started with a small plant to make motorcycles here, and I think what lured Honda here and initially, I think there's lots of stories and lots of folklore about that, but I think mainly it's it's about uh, it's about the people in Ohio, and the work ethic. I think it had a lot to do with um, the automotive industry and the supply chain that existed here. Um, we have good logistics capabilities from this location here in Ohio, um, and I I just think it was a, a nice place to start a base for Honda, and I think the the culture of Honda and the state of Ohio seemed to match up at that time. Super. Jeff, could you tell us about some of the products you make out at Marysville, what your focus is? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, we started motorcycle production here in 79. Um, that production uh, about five years ago moved uh, back to Japan. However, our auto business here has, has really bloomed. Uh, we make about uh, three-quarters of a million cars a year uh, here in Ohio and about 1.3 million engines uh, in our powertrain facilities in Anna, Ohio. So um, Ohio is, has become uh, pretty much an auto center for, for Honda and serves as kind of the regional mother for the, the regional plants here in the United States and North America. Fantastic. Talk a little bit, if you could, about innovation and what role it plays in your corporation, be it the technical innovation, the business innovation. And when you look into your uh, crystal ball, how does the future look compared to today and how will you adapt to the pace of innovation? Well, I think every automaker is struggling with the same uh, things as we are. Um, we're faced with some uh, some government regulation and CAFE requirements for our vehicles to achieve uh, certain miles per gallon um, type uh, uh, achievements. And so we're all kind of searching for that holy grail. What can uh, get us to that point? There's innovations that can occur in the powertrain of the vehicle. There's innovations that can occur in the construction of the vehicle and the materials used and so on. Um, a nice blend of all of those things has to come about in order to achieve uh, what we need to achieve and as far as CAFE. I would say by far and away, um, the things that have changed the most, that are changing the most, are the powertrain. As I mentioned, uh, the electrification of the car uh, in all the different varieties of uh, electric vehicles and hybrid electric vehicles and so on is certainly one major area of focus. 
Um, another ma major area of focus is uh, the materials that go into our vehicles. So um, the automobile basically since its inception has been made from steel and that will no longer be the case. Uh, we have no choice but to uh, develop vehicles that are uh, multi-material and base and um, and so that provides just a huge amount of challenges for the manufacturing processes associated with the vehicle then. Absolutely. Just getting the different materials to bound and yeah. As you look, you know, when we toured the plant a few weeks ago during the President's Day visit, what's the role in the future of automation, robotic, networked operating systems? And if I was a young engineer at a college in the state, would it be worth pursuing those areas? Oh, I think there's no doubt that automation will continue to play a role. Um, a large portion of the, of the cost of building a vehicle is labor, of course, um, but there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, touch needed on the vehicle, especially uh, when it comes to uh, the dress parts that go on the vehicle and, and the trim parts and so on. So um, that requires a lot of human touch. There are areas, and, and Honda has not been a company that's uh, rapidly pursued automation for the sake of automation. We don't do that. Uh, we don't pursue automation necessarily to eliminate people and jobs either. Uh, we pursue automation when there are uh, either mundane jobs that are better suited for automation or jobs that could be hazardous to humans or maybe not safe. And so uh, we'd rather have machines performing those kinds of duties. Absolutely. As you look to the needs of Honda today, what are some of your most pressing technical and resource requirements in your industry? Well, I already talked a little bit about the technical challenges that are coming at us from um, the composition of the vehicle and those kinds of things. And so there's a whole host of uh, challenges around our manufacturing processes and how we will form those in the future uh, to, to deal with all these different variations of materials and, and so forth. But I think another area that by far and away might be our, our toughest challenge, and that's the people side of things. Um, the pig and the python, or the, uh, the baby boomers, <laughs> have reached Honda as well. And uh, a lot of people are leaving the company now to enjoy retirement. And, and unfortunately, there's a lot of know-how and a lot of knowledge that's going with them. And so Honda has no choice but to begin a process of rebuilding our technical background, our technical backbone. Um, we're investing heavily right now in technical development centers here in Ohio, and we're partnering heavily uh, with uh, providers of, of technical training and technical development in all the geographies in which our plants operate. And so that's my particular role going forward is, uh, is to head up the, the technical development center here in Ohio. We have two here in Ohio and also uh, to expand that service to all of our North American plants here in, in North America. It's fantastic. Creates a lot of new job opportunities for uh, young people as we look to the future. Could we take that theme a little bit further? And as we've chatted in the past, you know more about public-private partnerships probably than anyone. Could you talk about some of the things that you're engaged with, both national level, state level? And if you could pick one for the future, what would be your candidate? Well, I, I think um, it, Honda used to have a philosophy that if it wasn't built within Honda, it probably wasn't uh, something that we could use. Uh, 
And I think with all of the challenges that we've just talked about over the last few minutes that there's no doubt that we are going to have to partner with people and, and um, institutes and universities and partners on the outside of Honda in order to be successful in our business going forward. So we are participating heavily and, and have uh, people now that are well engaged and trying to understand um, what's going on in the area of research and at the national and even at the world level. And we are constantly sensing those opportunities to see what align best with what we need to do as a company. Uh, here in the state of Ohio, we've enjoyed a very long uh, and prosperous partnership with Ohio State. And we plan to continue that into the future. And we continue to invest in that relationship uh, for a number of reasons. I think first and foremost, um, uh, the logistics is very good. They're right in our backyard, and they're very close to us, and it's really nice having a world-class university that close. Uh, secondly, they produce really good engineers and really good business people as well. So if you look at our hiring, we've hired a lot of Ohio State people, Ohio State graduates in the past, and we'll probably continue to do that in the future, I'm guessing. Um, but. Um, more than anything, uh, Ohio State has taken an interest in manufacturing, and we'd like to continue to challenge OSU and Honda to develop that partnership further and to bring that expertise and the level of understanding about manufacturing and the research associated with that closer here to Honda in Ohio and allow us to leverage that across the, the region. Super. What role in that model do the new uh, national manufacturing uh, centers play? And Ohio State is soon to announce, everyone hopes, a Center for Design and Manufacturing Excellence. Could you talk about how those initiatives help you as a corporation get to your future goals? Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, we, we're watching the NNMI um, initiatives very closely, and we've taken particular interest in, in the additive manufacturing NNMI that's in Youngstown and also uh, the new ALMI uh, consortium that has been started in Michigan. Um, the ALMI consortium, of course, is dealing with materials, material science, and, and as I mentioned earlier, with a multi-material product coming forward, um, we're going to need a lot of expertise in that area, and we're going to need to understand the interaction of different materials and how they, how they join together and how they're uh, formed and, and all kinds of things. Um, but I think going forward, the, the Center for Design and Manufacturing Excellence, the concept that's currently um, uh, becoming a, more of a reality here at Ohio State, I think is kind of the holy grail. Um, from my viewpoint over the last several years in dealing with universities uh, at a research level for manufacturing issues, um, there's been a gap in the capability. Um, universities are tremendous, and Ohio State's no exception. Um, they are tremendous researchers, and they do wonderful work in a laboratory. And their, their, uh, their work there is noted and, and appreciated. What the difficulty lies in, um, in the transformation of that laboratory work into something that is usable and valuable in a manufacturing setting. Um, we may, in the past, we've, we've taken some of those laboratory concepts and invested heavily in, in transitioning them into manufacturing, mass production manufacturing technologies. We would like to see CDME 
uh, come forward so that it's a place for us to see that maturation happen um, long before it gets to our plant. Uh, and it may not be able to be 100% matured uh, in that facility, but we'd like to see it a lot closer than what it is today. And so, as I mentioned, that's not just a problem uh, particular to Ohio State. Very, basically, every university in the country has a similar kind of issue. They're great uh, theoretical research. Um, the solutions, the proof of concepts are always good, but transitioning them is tough. Yeah, it's a key challenge. It's a key cultural challenge. So one of the key drivers for the university is to recognize that. And one of the benefits Ohio State probably has is being a land-grant university. Its charter was to be engaged in providing innovative solutions and applications. Uh, for the listeners, it's the only center at Ohio State where the director is not a faculty member. He's a proven, experienced leader of a major corporation in Ohio. So it is a new trend line. In, in that same vein, as you look around the, the rest of the U.S., are there any other key initiatives that people should be aware of, be it at the level of uh, the local community college or be it the level of uh, research consortia? Well, something that we're uh, noticing, I think, we, I talked about the gap in, um, in some of our technical know-how and how um, attrition has really put a dent in that, and we're uh, definitely in a rebuilding uh, phase now. But um, I think um, understanding the types of jobs in manufacturing um, is very, very important going forward. Um, for some reason, careers in manufacturing uh, have not been particularly attractive to uh, four-year degreed engineers coming out of a lot of major universities. Um, they've gone more towards uh, uh, maybe aerospace or maybe towards uh, software development or, or careers in IT. Um, but manufacturing, we, we need to find a way to uh, um, drive interest back into manufacturing careers. The other thing that's going on is that I think at times um, manufacturers have overhired. Um, in in my opinion, I think there are jobs um, that are more manufacturing technology jobs as opposed to theoretical engineering jobs uh, in manufacturing. And I think that if uh, community colleges and other even four-year uh, universities realize that and begin to develop curriculum and degreed programs in those areas where it's more manufacturing technology based, I think they'll, they'll see that their students line up with the needs of industry much better. Yeah, it's kind of interesting if you look at the transition of a car in my lifetime. As you inferred earlier, it was a piece of metal with seats in it and the wheels turned. Now it's a technology platform that pushes every dimension of an engineer's career from the system side, the electronic side, the telecommunications side, and it's really a phenomenal progression. So looking at that progression, we read a lot about, and can we plan on having autonomous vehicles by the time uh, some of us retire? <laughs> I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> to ask about that. Um, but there's certainly work that's being done in that area. I think it's really good to understand um, the technology base in that area. I think even for um, human-driven vehicles, um, it, it provides us some insight into what, is the, what are the safety features that are needed in the vehicle. And I think some of those same things can be applied in that case. 
But you're right. The the vehicle today is extremely complex. Um, there's uh, more software on on the vehicles today than people really realize, um, and it is very much an IT based uh, platform in a lot of ways. Um, the telematics of the car are very sophisticated. The customer um, is very demanding when it comes to uh, what needs to be on the car, and uh, all of us uh, automakers are trying to figure out the, the magic formula there. Your uh, corporation should be recognized for its corporate responsibility. Another key initiative I know you have on the manufacturing side is zero waste, which is also a critical element of uh, any major corporation right now in America. Uh, can you comment on that a little? Yeah, I can. Um, back several years ago, probably more than 10 years ago, we began an initiative to uh, basically eliminate um, a disposable dunnage from um, from parts that are shipped into our facilities, um, which uh, considering just through our Marysville auto plant alone, um, you know, we handle over a million parts a day. So there is a, a lot of dunnage that, that results from, from the handling and unpacking of all those parts. Um, but we, we achieved zero landfill um, uh, contribution uh, a few years ago. I, I don't know how many years ago now. It's been more, probably around five years ago. Um, and that has really been uh, an exciting thing. I think all the associates are very proud of that and what we've done. And um, a lot of uh, dunnage now is returnable. It goes back to the suppliers time and time again, and, uh, and parts are repacked into the same dunnage. So uh, it's been a great initiative, and I, it's something we're very proud of as a corporation. Fantastic. Jeff, if I was a listener, what would most surprise me about Honda? Um, you know, I think Honda always gets talked about a lot about our uh, our products and, and what we're doing um, to promote uh, environmental stewardship and so on. Um, but what I like to talk about when I talk about things around Honda is the people. Uh, we have a program um, where people can go out and volunteer uh, in the community. And um, it's, it's not talked about much. It's not given a lot of press. But these people are out there virtually every weekend. And, uh, you know, they're, they're rebuilding homes. They're working with Habitat for Humanity. They're working in soup kitchens. They're, they're volunteering in uh, elderly living uh, complexes. Uh, uh, there's just a variety of places. And uh, we're incentivized as, uh, if you want to call it incentivized, as associates, if I get involved with uh, a particular uh, charity uh, that I want to support, the company will provide some funding for in, on my behalf to that to that charity. Um, so it's it's really we call ourselves Honda Heroes that mm -hmm. program, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's really great. We we see stories uh, time and time again in our company magazine about what these people have done, and uh, the results in the community are really great. And I think it's very very much appreciated. Jeff, we can't thank you enough for being on Manufacturing Tomorrow with us, and we wish you and Honda uh, continued success and growth in Ohio. So thanks for being here today. Well, thanks very much.